0: It would be nice if all the teams went out and played like swaggering dandies, as the Hamlet do. An absolute humdinger from about 25 yards. Get in. Swaggering dandies. An absolute humdinger. Swaggering dandies. Hello and welcome to Ford the Hamlet 15. I'm Ben Sibley. And I'm Hugo Greenhouch. This week we have an interview with Michi Murath about the Stonewall friendly, which he was heavily involved in. And we have an update on the latest news from around the club. But first,
1: we have an extended interview with ex Dulwich Hamlet striker Danny Carr, who is currently at Huddersfield Town but on loan to Dagenham and Redbridge. I phoned Danny. The day after he joined Dagenham and Redbridge on loan, on the last day of the transfer window, I uh, contacted him on Twitter and he gave me his number. And he was one of the nicest guys I've ever spoken to, not just a footballer. Real family man, really nice guy. And I spoke to him about Dulwich, I spoke to him about his move to Huddersfield Town and his hopes and dreams for the future. I do need to say before we go into it that I spoke to him over the phone, so... Sound quality is a bit low, but if you are sitting at home, it should be absolutely fine. So, bearing that in mind, here's Danny. Hello,
2: Danny. Right?
1: Hello, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm not
2: too bad, thanks.
1: How's your day? Yeah,
2: it was good. Just unpacking stuff and tidying up and helping Mum about. <laughs>
1: When's your first day actually training with the boys?
2: Uh, tomorrow it is.
1: Tomorrow. You're looking forward to it. Yeah, buzzing.
2: Through. I can't even
1: wait. Good to be back in London. Yeah, it was, I was
2: only back for a day, really. So. I've come down to that high school anyway, so it's
1: nothing new. But yeah, it's good to be back full-time now. Yeah, I bet. Shall we go from the beginning? You you were in Reading's Academy, weren't you?
2: Yeah, I was at Reading's Academy for about three years, actually, yeah.
1: And uh, how was your time there? Do you enjoy it?
2: Yeah, it was, I enjoyed it a lot. On my first year of school, I didn't get to play as much due to overload of second years. But in my second year, I really quite played a few games and I was a winner then. So get to dribble the ball, which I like and yeah. I really enjoyed my time there really. It's an enjoyable experience.
1: Why were you released, do you know?
2: Uh I think the club said that they have a at the time they had a lot of wingers I think Jordan Beatles breaking through Harold and Carno, Jimmy K, but he did James McIntosh, off. and the route to the first thing was much harder, so they said for my career and my development be better if I go and play elsewhere. Okay. So, um, this is what I did and I went down to London. Uh,
1: did you go to um did you go straight to Dulwich?
2: No, I actually went to um I went first I went to I had trials. I had trials at Sutton and I was there for like about a month. And then I went to Eastbourne, which I signed long contract for, I was at Eastbourne. And then that wasn't it was like the man didn't want to pay me. So really, right. and, Yeah, and I was taking, I Eastbourne's near and I'm from London, so I don't know how long that took to get there and train and not get paid. So yeah. I actually worked for a bit. I worked with my uncle as a daughter. I wasn't playing football for a bit.
1: I mean, I went to Dulwich. But you were you a centre forward when you actually joined?
2: No, I never played there for goodness. You know, I was a striker when I was younger. That's the last time I played striker. I then, but I went there as a winger. Yeah. And then Gavin changed
1: me into a striker. All oh, right. So did that? Did Gavin just notice something about you that he thought would be good up front instead of playing on the wing? And um,
2: I think so. I think also they had a winger Ellis Green. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah it was unbelievable I knew there was no chance like right the time I thought Gavin can't really drop him because he's so important to the team he's like the hazard of our team <laughs> and now including this on the other wing speed I think Gavin yeah. wanted to for his pace but Gavin saw something came in and thought that well he needs to try and use me because I'm good enough to he thought I was good enough to play in his team But so then he tried it at France. but I think the striking options weren't the greatest at the time due to injuries and whatnot. And then it actually turned out that I was probably better on the I wasn't the wing. <laughs>
1: For people who haven't seen you play, how would you, yeah. how would you describe yourself as a player?
2: Um,
1: what are your strengths? I
2: think I, my strength, I, think I like to run in behind and got goal scoring. I think, I, get, I, think I, like to, I like to get a lot of goals. And I try to do what it takes to get goals. But um, I like to say I'm a bit of an all-rounder. But I'm more with dribbling and finishing getting behind
1: sound like a lot of uh, a lot of Dulwich players over the last couple of years.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, yeah. So that, that season for Dulwich was the season they got promoted, 2012-2013. And if the stats are right, on Wikipedia you scored 23 goals in 37 games, I think? I don't no, know. The stats
2: are so wrong, don't to Wikipedia.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Come on then, what, what are the stats? You, 30 goals in 37
2: games. 30
1: goals in 37 games.
2: Yeah, Wikipedia doesn't count the cup goals, and I got seven, I think, in the cup,
1: four in one game. And how old were you that season?
2: Uh, when I did that, I was, eight, 17,
1: no, I, was 18, I was 18. 18, scored 30 goals in 37 games. So I was speaking to a Dulwich fan the other day, and he asked me if I could um, ask you a couple of questions about that season, and especially um, the trials you started having. So you had trials at Liverpool, Leeds, and Charlton Athletic, is that right?
2: Yeah, I had yeah, trials there, yeah.
1: How were they? At what point in the season did they come? Was it um, near the end of the season?
2: Well, Leeds was when I just got released by Reading. I went for a trial there. I think I, played, I trained once and I played a game for Leeds. Yeah. So uh, nothing came of that. Yeah, my next trial was at Charlton and then um, I was actually very close to kind of Charlton. Really? Very, very close. Yeah, I think he didn't, didn't go through because there was a disagreement between two clubs for whatever reason. I don't really get personally involved in that. But um it was a disagreement between two clubs over something. It could been financial, I'm not quite sure yet. Okay. And then um so that didn't happen. But then I went to try Liverpool and that was an amazing experience the, players, the likes of Raheem Stalin, who's now regarded as one of the best young talents in the Europe. John Joshel conor Connor Cody, who I'm who I was with like but um how does he count
1: yeah
2: I should say and Suso, um, and so, Andre Wisdom those are like top names that i played with For and they made me feel comfortable and from training I loved it from there
1: How long were you uh, up there in Liverpool for?
2: A week and I played a game for them against West Ham
1: How did you feel that game went?
2: Yeah it was, it was frustrating really because I didn't get as much of the ball as I'd like to really show what I'll do and so but that, that would take time my runs they are not like used to me a non-league player coming to play with them in all sorts of reasons as to why. I enjoyed being out there on the pitch playing with those players. really
1: did enjoy it. Was it difficult to then return to Dulwich and say, you know, go back into the team and be playing Burgess Hill Town on Saturday?
2: Um, no, it, it wasn't difficult at all. I was, I, in a way, it gives you more confidence because you've come from that now yeah. and played with those players and then you go back to Dulwich. It's a bit like a reality check because. Even though I'm saying it's Burgess, I'm no disrespect to Burgess, that so won't be as good as West Ham. Yeah. But I still had to perform the same way We can, week in, week, 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 week out. And that's not even better, because I've been to Liverpool, so people expect more now.
1: Yeah, people knew your name.
2: Yeah, exactly. And the opponents knew my name, so I had to be aware
1: of that. So you said that it gave you a bit more confidence. Do you feel that it affected your performance, though? I mean, spending spending a week away up in Liverpool it must have been pretty intense training with them and then do you think it might have taken it out of you like mentally or physically at all? Well,
2: no mentally I was I felt good because I've got good people around me family around me and so they helped me keep my head in check and physically I think Gavin Rose is a bit of credit for that because he would like rest me when he needed to and give me time for my body to recover so that wasn't a problem no I don't think it affected my performance I think if I didn't go to Liverpool and had a trial, I would have played this. If not, if anything, he probably gave me a bit more confidence. That's, that's it,
1: right? Speaking of Gavin, how highly do you rate him? Oh well,
2: yeah, Gavin. His record speaks for itself. He's moved on players. He's produced Paul McKellar, Taylor, Michael Chambers. Yeah. who gone on to be first team players. So, don't really need me to to say what people
1: already know about him. There's a couple of moments from the from that season where you scored all those goals in the promotion season that a few fans have wanted me to bring up. There was one I don't know if you remember, Horsham away. Uh, yeah, I mean, so that was, <laughs> when it was the game was postponed an hour before kickoff. And all I've got written down here to remind me is drinking game equals you and your boxers. <laughs> <laughs> What happened then?
2: Well, being Dally's Hamlet and being the people they are, the game got called off and so they decided to have a drinking game. But because I don't actually drink, yeah. I had to do a forfeit. So as you know, it like a footballer, a yeah. footballer got crazy and I think I need the matter
3: at that.
1: <laughs> Fair enough. I'll let you get away with that. <laughs> Something else that happened during that season, and actually which is now part of a song that is sung on the terraces almost every week at Champion Hill, is... You scored a goal away at Leatherhead that led to a pretty weak-looking wall that collapsed behind the goal during some celebrations. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then the game was postponed and it was um, replayed. What are, your, what are your memories of that? Were the players aware at the time of what had happened? Well, uh, I think the
2: euphorio score in the second goal, I think we, you knew we were going to go and win that game. So I've gone into the crowd... And the walls were weak as, I mean, come on. We, we didn't even put that much force. And then the wall collapsed. And then what annoyed me as well, like, if we had played on a minute longer, the referee would have had to have given us a game because we've gone to the 80th minute mark. So was in the 79th minute. Oh, man. The games. Like, so that took me off two goals. That's how my Wikipedia said I scored well, 23. I'm not afraid. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it might have been the Leatherhead fan that's written your Wikipedia, mate. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> so then at, at the at the end of the season you left which was expected by most fans after all the trials you'd be having at what point did you know you were going to be joining Huddersfield? Were they one of a number of clubs who were possible or was it always the, were they always the front runner?
2: Um, they were part of a number of teams that was possible I could have signed for but also I think they were the most willing and um, I went up there during the season actually I went to Derby where they were training and then um, I trained with them and Mark was at the time said, yeah, we'd like to sign you and whatnot. And I thought, had a good feel about
1: the place. And so I thought, yeah, I spoke to my agent, my family, had their opinion on it. I think the deal was done in March, I signed a
2: pre-contract with them. Oh, right, so it was that, that early on in the
1: season, March? Yeah, it was like March time that I signed for them, yeah. So you kind of had your headset from quite early on then, it wasn't like a, a summer where you were, didn't know where you were going to end up?
2: As well, because I not want to go into the summer like, not, not, not knowing who I'm playing for.
1: As part of that deal, Paddersfield played Dulwich in a pre season friendly. How was that when you came back? Did you well, enjoy the
2: fans it? have been absolutely amazing with me. actually a very big club. Like The the, the support they've given me throughout the season, I'm not just saying this because I can't. I genuinely feel this way about them like, since the get go. Like, the whole song, I think it's no secret, I wasn't having my bestest of games. I was in Huddersfield, but they carried on singing my name throughout the whole game, and no matter how I played, and I thought, I really got to thank them and such for that support, so it was lovely, but um, it was an emotional day, it was, it felt good and bad, it's bad because I didn't play well and have you, but good because of the support and love I received from everyone at W
1: That shows, you know, because people still, on the terraces every week, people are still asking what you're up to, how you're getting on at Huddersfield, and when, um, when your move to Dagenham was confirmed the other night, we'd been checking your Twitter, we'd been Googling you and a couple of other ex players like all day basically just to check what was going on. So they still talk about you a lot. Do you keep in touch with anyone at the club? Yeah, I
2: talked to Zav. I uh, tried to keep in touch with Shaney, but this guy's friend didn't seem to
1: work too often. Um, yeah, I've been to um, Zav quite a bit actually, hand uh, and again. Have you uh, kept up with Zav's? Performances for Dulwich this season.
2: Yeah, he's the main man now. I hear that he's doing really well, really well. He came on trial at Huddersfield as well, I think, last year actually. he's still at, he at my place in Huddersfield.
1: So he spent some time at Birmingham as well in December. I think he spent a week with him. But do you think he's he's good enough to step up to the same level as you?
2: Yeah, of course. Everyone knows he is. I think I don't know what's stopping him. I, there was a thing with Erhan that he's too small. I look at Erhan now, so I don't know why people are thinking he's too small will
1: make step up. I'm confident of that. Yeah, we all think it as well. So your time at Huddersfield, you made your debut at Hull City in the League Cup, didn't you?
2: Yeah, Premier League opposition.
1: That was good. Yeah, at the KC Stadium as well, in front of quite a few fans. Yeah, that was
2: very good then, yeah.
1: What was that like? What was the experience like?
2: It was good. It was good, I mean... I didn't want to get too nervous but i'd be lying to you if i told you i wasn't and um, i was playing on the right actually right wing with Sean Scanner on the left and Mike Patterson up top so back to the, the
1: old think. days on the wing yeah back to
2: the old days i uh, <laughs> tried to pull out all my tricks <laughs> <laughs> but um no nah, that was an enjoyable experience i knew i knew it'd be tough which it was but i felt like
1: i was more than capable of playing that game and... i mean that's an experience going from playing in the uh in the Ryman Division 1 South, and then going straight into a League Cup tie against Premier League opposition, that is quite a jump. Yeah,
2: it's a big jump. But I knew with the reputation I was here, I knew this was a possibility that this could happen. I'm not the first person in this position, and I'm sure I won't be the last.
1: And then two weeks after that, you went on loan to Fleetwood Town? Yeah. But well, what happened there? Because you made your debut, and then 14 days later, you're going out on loan. Was it because were you not guaranteed first-team action or was it just because they felt you needed a bit of an adjustment period? Or
2: Well, I made my deed into the first team because I was doing well in the 21s, which helped, and James Vaughan was injured as well. And so when James Vaughan came back, I think, I think the gaffer said, well, it's going to be hard for you to keep on playing now. So you need to go out and get experience. I mean, there's no point you put putting in the dungeon every week and you're not coming on. you if you're going to get some league experience. Um, Fleetwood there was a number of clubs that also wanted me on loan as well, but the Gaffer felt at that time that would be the best for me to go to, challenging for the League Two title. So it'd be good to be playing in a team that wins every week, gives an opportunity to score goals and because they create chances. So yeah, that, um, I think that was the reasoning behind. That's what the Gaffer sort of told me, Mark Robbins himself, as our reason to be going into um, on loan so early.
1: What did you think about that? Because you just joined the club and then two weeks later you were, you were going out again. Were you? Was it a positive thing, did you think? Or did you see it as a slight negative?
2: Um, no, I saw it as a positive because um, I knew just coming from non league, strikers uh, James Vaughan, Mike Patterson, John Stead, I knew my playing time, I wasn't playing every week. I knew I'd probably have to get a loan move because there's, there's only so much you can do in 21s, scoring every week there. And so the next step is to have a four in the first team, which I had. And then to forget I feel that. I need to, more experience, then going out on loan was also always on the cards. Before, when I signed for Huddersfield, I knew straight away, okay, as a possibility I might be going out on loan. And I thought that would be the perfect time to show and shine what I can do. So no, that was definitely a positive, definitely a positive going out on loan. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, I, I actually, even though I didn't get much play time, I enjoyed it a lot. I was, the manager was Graham Alexander, which still is the manager, and he was great with me. I mean, the only thing is, it would be nice if he played with me a bit more, but <laughs> he was, no, honestly, as a man, he was, he was great with me, and um, had fun times there, and I was happy when they went on to win the league, um, get promoted, sorry, playing at Wembley, and happy I was a part of that, managed to score as well.
1: How many games did you start while you were at Fleetwood?
2: I started one, and I played three.
1: And you scored once? Yeah. It's not a bad return, considering...
2: Not bad, but I'm greedy. I want to score more goals
1: in games. <laughs> of course you are, you're a striker. And then after that, there was a whole year until you then went on loan to Mansfield. That year, were you playing in the under-21s for Huddersfield? Yeah, I was playing consistently for that in the Huddersfield 21s. And, you
2: know, I, I wanted to like play league football. There's nothing better than playing league football and yeah. scoring in front of those fans. And I, so that's what I wanted, so it was a bit frustrating that time between that. But um, finally, I was let out of loan, and the club did approach me, and it was a right club. So, yeah, I went there, enjoyed my time there as well.
1: How many games did you play online at Mansfield?
2: I played um, four. I came on my first game. You scored I on your debut, there. didn't you? Yeah, it was against York, at York. So I'm playing this Saturday actually for Dagmouth. Yeah, day. I scored against York, and I made two further starts against Shrewsbury and
1: Southland. Which loan spell do you think? you enjoyed the most out of Fleetwood and Mansfield?
2: Um, two very different moments. I wouldn't say I enjoyed one or they're both very good. I played more at Mansfield but I also enjoyed my time very much at Fleetwood and I was younger there. But yeah, I enjoyed them quite both really. Do
1: you feel like they were productive spells? Have they helped you develop?
2: Mansfield I would say um, definitely. Fleetwood did but due to my lack of playing time it was hard for me to really like but I, I, I was getting experience when I was at Fleetwood I, I was Mansfield but Mansfield played a different type of football which at the time I wasn't too useful it was very direct and um, so and very physical so that showed me what Dan needed to fix up because if you want to play with these boys you've got to tougher and stronger so yeah
1: and then you came back to Huddersfield was it around Christmas time? yeah just before Christmas and then the move to Dagenham came about on the last day of the transfer window when yeah. did you find out about that?
2: Since I first went to Huddersfield, Dagenham, always wanted to take my loan. But at the time, I was involved with the Huddersfield first team, so um, I asked the Gaffer, Chris Powell, and I got need, need on loan, because I need some experience." And he was understandable, and so yes, said, "Yes, understand that. Um, we'll see who comes in for you." And Dagenham came in, made an approach on the last day, deadline day, first deadline day deal. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, I got the Chris Powell told me the Gaffer they had an offer from Dagenham, and they think it'd be good for me to go there and really show what I
1: can do. And it's your first time back in London for an extended period since you left Dulwich? Yeah, yeah, it is,
2: it is, is, yeah. Start from the summer when I came back.
1: Are you looking forward to it?
2: Yeah, well, I'm raring to go, really. Whether I'm at home or not at home, it doesn't change for me because I've still got a job
1: to go and do. Am I right in saying (coughs) your contract is up in the summer? Was it a a two-year contract you signed with Huddersfield? Yeah,
2: the a two-year plus a year option that the club has, but, yeah, it's up in the summer. It sounds even more important that I really... Have a good learn span now.
1: Yeah, get some first team action, try and get some goals under your belt.
2: Yeah, definitely. I'm not just using this as a holiday cause I'm back home, no way. I've, if anything, I've got to work even harder
1: now. Dagenham are involved in a bit of a scrap at the moment, aren't they? At the wrong end of the table, so it, you should be able to get a couple of chances and maybe freshen things up.
2: Hopefully, I'm, I, that's my main objective to bring something different to what Dagenham has on goals because i have rather just sold Doris Murphy to Oldham when he was their main striker. Definitely vitally important that I really. Ground running that like gonna get out of this relegation battle that we
1: You say it's York on Saturday is the first game you're hopefully gonna be involved in. Yeah,
2: hopefully I mean, I'll start training on Thursday, so good to find out what's happening
1: and hopefully if I get on the pitch at York I'll score against them again. <laughs> you said earlier to ignore Wikipedia. There's <laughs> I don't know when the last time you went on there is, but at the bottom of it it says you're a massive fan of your sister's lasagna, which is made with lamb mints as opposed to beef mints? Have you what? seen that?
2: <laughs>
1: if you haven't seen that, you need to go on there and change it.
2: <laughs> I'm not on my Wikipedia page.
1: Honestly, right at the bottom of your Wikipedia page, it mentions, do you have a brother who might have been in TV? Yeah, my brother's an actor, yeah. Yeah, on the, the next sentence after that, it says you're a massive fan of your sister's lasagna which is made with lamb mince instead of beef mince.
2: Wow, well, funny, actually. I wonder who wrote that bit.
1: It's going to be a mate who stitched you up, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> I will look at that now, actually.
1: You've got to check it out. I had to bring it up. That's funny, no. I do not even know that.
2: By the way, my sister cooks a wicked
1: lasagna with lamb mince, so you wrote <laughs> that funny. <laughs> Have you kept up to date with How are Dulwich doing this season? Yeah,
2: they're second on the table now
1: with games in hand. Mason are top and they've got, I think, two or three games in hand and a massive budget compared to Dulwich. But, yeah, this season, like you were saying earlier, Jav Vidal has properly stepped up to the plate. The team's playing so well and the attendances at Champion Hill as well. We've had over a 1,000 people at every single home game for the last two months. Yeah, and earlier in the season, we had 2,800 people at Champion Hill for one game. What? Like, we clubs never seen anything like it for years. The feeling around the club at the moment is just incredible. If you ever have a free weekend, I know you probably don't, but if you ever have a free weekend or you can ever come down and watch a match, you've got to come down because it's just crazy at the moment. The attendance, the average attendance at Champion Hill this season is bigger than most Conference South clubs and a couple of conference clubs as well.
2: Yeah, i to hear that, actually. I remember when we played um, Maidstone, that was a big attendance. But then when we had the last game of the season, and we won the league, and that's
1: it was the best season. We're playing Maidstone two or three games yeah. from the end of the season, and it's looking like the attendance is probably going to be over 3,000 people, if not close to. That's crazy it's absolutely crazy but anyway man look, I won't keep you any longer it's been awesome to chat to you thank you very much for agreeing to do it on behalf of all Dulwich fans I just want to wish you good luck for the loan and uh, whatever happens after that your contract's up in the summer isn't it so we'll keep an eye out and see what see what your movements are afterwards but thanks for taking the time Dan it's been a pleasure to talk to you
2: no I've enjoyed it as well, man. You sound like
1: a very nice guy. It's nice to talk to you. Yeah, you're a, you're a pleasure to speak to, mate. And I, at this moment as well, I want to bring up your Twitter bio, which, compared to other footballers I've seen, is the opposite. And uh, Dan's Twitter bio just says, I'm a work in progress, which yeah. I think sums you up, mate. Um, it completely sums you up. And we uh, we wish you the best of luck and we'll stay in touch. Thank
2: you. Well, you've got my number now, so anything you want to talk on, so I'm just
1: here. Thank you very much. No
2: problem, mate. Take care. Cheers,
1: mate. Bye. I mentioned before you heard that conversation with Danny that he was a great guy, really grounded, has very strong values, family man. And that seems to be a theme with a lot of players that come through Dulwich Hamlet. Gavin Rose and the management team seem to be able to pick out these players who they know are going to fit the ethos of the club. And players who don't fit that don't really tend to stay around long. There are a couple of players here early in the season which perhaps fell into that category which are no longer here but ones who do fit into the Dulwich way of seems to be a, a good grounding, strong values, work hard, good ethic and
0: I think that shines through in Danny. On Wednesday the 11th of February, Champion Hill played host to a very special friendly. Dulwich Hamlet took on the gay world champion Stonewall FC in a friendly that was organised by the club. £2,000 was raised for the Elton John Foundation uh, which is the chosen charity of Stonewall. We spoke to Michi Morath of the Football Committee who was heavily involved in the organisation of the game and he gave us his thoughts and feelings about the occasion. So Mishi tell us about how the Friendly against Stonewall came about this evening.
3: It's an idea I've had for a couple of years and it's something I've never really put into practice because it's such an obvious thing. I knew it had work, and it's good for Dulwich, But I thought earlier this season I spoke to Gavin, and I was like, I thought I'd have to ask him a favour and pull in a few strings, you know. I asked him, and he had no hesitation. I was that was the hardest bit. Was the easiest bit. And as soon as Gavin said yes, with no hesitation, I had to go. I looked on the internet and emailed Stonewall from their website. I didn't know who it was going to go to. They got back to me. I got the number of their manager. And when I first phoned him up, he seemed a bit dubious because he's told me since. He thought I was someone having a wind-up. He couldn't believe that a club like Dala Jamnet would be in such.
0: And where did it go next? To where we are today, you know. Yeah, so yeah.
3: Once we, once the idea got off the ground, then we started publicising it. Then I had a word with um, Matt from the owners of the limited company. And it explained, you know, would, I said, would he mind if... Um, we did it as a fundraiser, and he said, yeah, no problem, because he, you know, he likes the community work we do, and so rather than pick a charity, I said to Stonewall, said, you know, what charity would you like, and they picked the Elton John AIDS Foundation, so every penny we made tonight is going to charity, which is a bonus on top of the, well, to me, more important message at your you in football, which is, oh, I don't know what to say, It's um, I'm trying to be polite, every club plays lip service, and it's it's in lots of programmes, but they don't really mean it or know how to tackle it and I just thought this is doing something proper and positive.
0: And as a gay football fan, how do you feel about how things have changed or have they got better over the years?
3: Um, Things are changing slowly but the only way things, to be perfectly honest, the only things that will change is when there's a premiership footballer who's in the prime peak of his career and he comes out And he can be a hero to gay teenagers everywhere with posters on the walls. We need a footballing Tom daily. And people say, why do you need that? It's exactly why, because unfortunately, kids are still getting bullied in school. Um, If you check the statistics, more and higher proportions of Gay youngsters um, have problems with alcohol, mental health problems, suicide. It's all tied in, and it's about self-worth and self-esteem. And I never had that when I was a kid, because I was, I, had, for lack of a better word, a not very competent Catholic school upbringing. I might be a different person now, but we need people like that. We need, we need your heroes.
0: But it's events like tonight that can raise awareness and... Hopefully, you start to make sort of, sort of a difference and make some noises towards the bigger clubs. Without a
3: doubt, I'm. What's I uh, keep me using the word shocked? To me, this was just the right thing to do—a nice game and uh, raise the profile, all that sort of thing. But a couple of Sundays ago, when I popped in the in the in the shop, bought me non-league paper, and I wrote, I started reading it on the bus, and they're staring at me. This game made the editorial in non-league paper, and that's when you thought, "God, blimey, something!" It sort of hit you. Other clubs are talking about what Dulwich Hamlet are doing. And to me, that's the shame. Because people shouldn't be talking about us. This should be a natural thing to do. We shouldn't have to have campaigns like this. But we do. And if if people can see Dulwich Hamlet in the leading light, and if that attracts more people to football, I'm sure there there were gay men and women here tonight who hadn't been to football, have been attracted by the publicity. They'll like what they saw and they'll come back.
1: In Dulwich's two league games since the last episode of the podcast... They've had differing fortunes. The first game, they lost 3-0 at home to Canvey Island, which the less said the better, to be honest. And then Saturday, just gone, they triumphed 3-1 away at Berry Town at the fantastically named Ram Meadow, which is probably in the top 10 stadium or ground names in the country, I would have thought. Um, I didn't attend that game. Hugo did. And... Sounds from most accounts that it was a pretty comfortable win in the end.
0: Yeah, in the end, although uh, when we 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 took the lead, uh, Serge McAffrey with a, a brilliant swivelling shot uh, that he pounced upon. Um, so yeah, great for great for Serge to get uh, another goal. That's twelfth man scheme as well, isn't it? Funding that loan. Yeah, yeah. So looking like a, a really good uh, signing, even if it's only only for a month or so. Um, but uh, Kamara. Michael Kamara returned to the lineup. He started at centre back, first start since last year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And um, Terrell Forbes moved out to right back. Um, How did Kamara do? Because wasn't he taken off
1: in a couple of minutes into the second half?
0: Yeah, he was. I'm not quite sure what happened there, but as I say, we uh, we took the lead, but then conceded in the second half, and Kamara came off, made a few changes. Ashley Carew came on, and uh, it did look a lot. Did look a lot brighter when, when Carew was on, but it, the, the turning point I'd say was um, a defensive error, a back pass to uh, Alex Archer, the very keeper, who uh, sort of scrambling back to try and reach this wayward back pass. Makofo and Harry Ottaway pounced upon it, and uh, Archer more or less cleared it into Harry Ottaway, who bundled it home. and uh, Yeah, it was a pretty hilarious moment that uh, enabled us to go back in front. It's good to see Harry back on the score sheet. That's his first in what four or five games, I think. Yeah, and those who saw the Stonewall game, or were perhaps watching it with a more analytical eye, would notice that he put quite a few good chances wide. He also had a couple of headers in in the very first half, which uh, he put wide too. So, not the greatest goal to ever scored this uh, this tapping, but um, very important to get a goal, and uh, I hope he'll capitalise on that and move on. And uh, yeah, the third goal coming from Ethan Pinnock, second um, goal of the season. Yep, uh, after his winner at
1: Margate about three four weeks ago.
0: Yeah, is it a similar kind of goal? Um, from a set piece, it was from a set piece. Uh, ball kind of stayed around the box, and he um, swiveled on a six piece to uh, to knock it into the bottom corner. But uh, great for Ethan to get another goal and a good win, which was then uh, stabilized by bringing on uh, Jack Dixon sort of shore things up in the midfield but I think um, come Wednesday when we're away at Lewis Jack's old club we'll see uh, we'll see a more familiar midfield. Um, it was good to see Dean McDonald come back as
1: well from long-term injury he's been out since before Christmas and he came on for a bit in the Stonewall friendly on last Wednesday the 11th and then he got about 15 minutes at the end of Saturday's game as well it's good to see him back because I mean, his his stats are good, aren't they? I think he's played. He's only played 12 or 13 league games with Dulwich, but he's scored four or five goals. Yeah, he's, he's a ha- dangerous player. He's a handy
0: player, yeah. Very good on the ball, likes he's shot. Ex-Ipswich as well. Yeah. Played in the SPL for Inverness, Cali Thistle. Experienced. Um, yeah, good Good to have him back, and he's got a few good chances as well, so all, all the better, really.
1: And something you may have noticed from Saturday's game, from uh, Joel Virgo's brilliant photos, is that, Phil Wilson, goalkeeper, is sporting a fantastic new haircut. Tied himself up a bit. It's not as
0: floppy. Hopefully we, we approve, Phil. We approve. We do
1: approve. Uh, hopefully it will do away with some of the Boris Johnson comments from his students because it looks a lot more tidy.
0: And you know what would look really good with a haircut like that, Ben? No, I don't. A Forward the Hamlet t-shirt. It would. Available at Spreadshirt. Close. But it's not an Excel spreadsheet. No, not no. to be confused with. What's the website? forwardthehamlet.com where you can find a great range of t shirts for the Hamlet t shirts Swaggering no not swaggering dandies. Not swaggering dandies. Dutch Hamlet Uberalis t shirts. It's difficult to remember because you
1: know it's not English, so Tricky. I don't speak German. Yeah, have a look. There's you one there's yeah. one there's one with an old school leather football on it, which seems quite popular. Um, If you do buy a t-shirt, let us know on Twitter, at Ford Hamlet. We've had a few purchasers, customers, Mm -hmm. who've purchased a t-shirt and uh, taken a photo, posted it to us on Twitter, which we then retweet, because we're a sucker for it.
0: Who have we had? We've had Fat PK,
1: Fat PK, otherwise known as Terry Nutkin. I'm not sure which name I like better, actually. Both of them are quite satisfying.
0: And he's over in Bristol. Yeah, non-league fan, Bristol Rovers fan we've had Dunk that's Cyclo Dunk. Cyclo Dunk. Dunk Palmer currently in New uh, Zealand yeah it, wearing his Dulwich Hamlet Uber Isles t-shirt with Pride down in uh, the Southern Hemisphere I'm sure there's another one recently as well I can't think anyway
1: there's so many I can't remember because like you said the other week they're flying off the shelves so it's not forwardthehamlet.com I thought Hugo was asking me about our main website it's forward thehamlet.spreadsheet.com, isn't it? Yeah. Good. Great. Um, Something we wanted to mention as part of a news roundup about the club is that now at half time and at full time Dalich Hamlet fans who are stationed behind the goal clear up litter and anything that We've left there during the first half or during the second half to make sure that it's easier for the stewards to sort the ground out after the game because vast majority of match day staff are volunteers, so it's just a bit of a helping hand to them. So we come around with bin bags at the end of the first half and at the full time whistle to clear up any empty bottles or any plastic cups which you've got from the bar, or indeed any other litter as well. So we just clear it up, give it a good. Clean, so that's something new that we've started doing. We should probably take bin bags to away games as well, just put a couple in someone's in the bottom of someone's bag, take after the uh Japanese fans at the World Cup. A shining example, indeed. Um, I don't think we're going to get pink ones because I think they're about two pounds a pop, which doesn't really Not worth seem it, logical, it? Not worth it. so we'll stick with black. But if you are behind the goal with us, please do put your litter and your empties into the bin bags if we come around at half time and full time since our last episode the Dulwich Hamlet youth team have gone from strength to strength once again they've beaten Greenwich Borough previously unbeaten Greenwich Borough 5-2 and in the following game they hammered Dartford 8-0 it continues an incredible season for the youth team they've now played 15 games in the league they've won 12 drawn 2 they've only lost 1 they've scored 66 goals and only conceded 11 which puts them 8 points clear at the top of the league We also have an update on Kyan Nicholas, who you may remember, unfortunately, suffered a broken leg in January. Junior Caddy tells us that Kyan is making a good recovery. He's recently removed a larger cast from his leg and he's managed to put on a smaller cast and he's making very good progress. So we wish him all the best and hopefully he'll be back in action soon. Don't forget to get involved with the Hamlet online. Our Twitter is at Ford Hamlet facebook is forward the hamlet and the website where you can find all past episodes is forward the hamlet.com if you have any ideas for any future episodes if you want us to speak to any ex-players or you have something that you feel should be mentioned on the podcast please feel free to email us at forward the hamlet at com. that's forward the hamlet all lowercase at gmail.com
0: forward the hamlet is part of the Holdfast network Visit holdfastnetwork.com for more quality podcasts. It would be nice if all the teams went out and played like swaggering dandies as the Hamlet do. An absolute humdinger from about 25 yards. Get in! Swaggering dandies. An absolute humdinger. Flattering during the time.